0: I'm a little surprised to be asked back um, after, yeah, uh, after uh, releasing a live possum into the girl's dorm. um, And yeah, and when N.T. Wright was staying over at the Asbury Inn, we thought it would be fun to kind of prank the lady at the desk at like 11.30 at night. So we called and said, hey, we'd like to ask N.T. Wright if he wants to go to Waffle House with us. Can you ring his room? And she did. Right, and this very disoriented British man said, hello, (laughs) and and we were like, ah, and hung up the phone. And I was on the chapel team, so the next morning when I'm like wiring up with this microphone, I have to act like I'm not the reason he's tired. Um, So, anyway, it's good to be here. Um, And uh, so I've been out in the field for about 13 years or something like that, Um, and I guess, Not unique to pastoral ministry, but every area of life I've noticed in my parenting and in my friendship and in my community, and the stuff that has nothing to do with church, the stuff that just has to do with personal finances, whatever. There there is a consistent challenge um, that I ran into that seemed like it was going to be easier before seminary, because, you know, in seminary, it's easy to figure out what everybody else should be doing. And then you have to do it, you know, and you're like, oh, wow, gosh, this is a lot harder than I expected. And um, it, the essence of that, that, I think what I boiled it down to, what constantly I, I'm struggling with, is I want to do God's work, but I end up doing it the world's way. I want to do God's work. And I know people, they have a heart to do good things, they want to see Jesus lifted up, they want to live their lives right most of the time, you know, most of the time. Um, we're trying to figure out how to put things together, we're trying to figure out how to lead right, we're trying to figure out how to, how to have a, a professional counseling business well, we're trying to do academics, Well, whatever it is. Most people that are trying to follow Jesus, I find, are trying. They are. Um, but the gravitational pull to doing those things the world's way is so strong. And it happens because of our own expectations or others' expectations that are put on us. Um, it happens because we want to do it right. And it happens because we feel like we need to do it fast. Um, sometimes it's because it feels like a paycheck is attached to it uh, or, or whatever. It's just the, the water we swim in. And it's hard to remember to keep coming back to, if we're going to do God's work, it needs to be done God's way. And I have sympathy for the constant realizing, oh no, I've done it again. Um, And I would like to look at a pattern um, in the book of Luke that I think exemplifies what it means to not just do God's work, but to do it God's way. Um, Three times in in the book of Luke, there is uh, a pattern. And because I took David Bowers' class, I learned you should pay attention to that. Right. If something gets repeated in Scripture, it's like hi. Um, and so, uh, see, see if you can catch this: feeding of the five thousand, right, chapter nine of Luke. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven. He blessed them. He broke them. And he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. Check check this out: last last supper. And he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it. and He gave thanks and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Road to Emmaus after the resurrection, good Easter season text. When he was with them at the table, He took bread, blessed it, broke it, and began to give it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight, and they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on the road? And opened scripture to us. I'm assuming you saw it. Jesus is in the habit of taking things, blessing them, breaking them and giving them as a gift and that is also starts to be it's a pattern of his own life right it's the pattern of of his own life and I, i think that this has to do with not just doing good things things for god the world's way but this is god's pattern if we could oversimplify things that jesus was taken he was it was like god put his hands on him selected individual i know our culture is too individualized um but i don't want our our um reformed brothers and sisters to be the only people that get talked about talk about being chosen by god that we have our hands put on us by a loving god that knows our name and wants to look us in the eyes and and it's not just that i want everyone which is true it's i also want you i want you when i was uh my first year at seminary i was in orlando at the Orlando campus, perfectly happy. And, uh, you know, to speed up credits, I took a J-term for two weeks and I came up here and I was staying in um, one of the older dorms over there. And I hated it, not the class, I liked the class. Um, But I hated two weeks of feeling like I knew no one, campus seemed empty, it was cold, it was wet, it was January, Um, and it was just kind of overall depressing. And I was uh, walking around at night in the cold because I was that bored. Um, over by, you know, the, the holy space by, by, by John's statue. Um, and, and this guy I have never seen before walks up to me at night and says, hey, what are you up to? And I said, just walking around. And, uh, and he said, well, come over this way. Where I come from, that's a drug deal. But, <laughs> but I'm bored. So, so I follow him. He goes around the corner to a little metal gate, opens it up, leads me into a small square garden area, punches a combo lock into a door, opens up to a round communion chapel, and says, this is a good place to pray, and walks off. And I went in and prayed. And I left knowing I needed to pack my bags and move. And uh, not because I wanted to. That's tough to explain to people. Why are you moving to Kentucky? Because God told me to. Is it the academics? Are the academics better there? No, I don't want to go. I feel like God's telling me to. Is it the community? Is the community better? I don't want to go. <laughs> you know, and um, but trying to follow the Lord, not to be over dramatic, but you know, figured out how to change my life and move here. Um and there's this sense sometimes that God puts his hand on us and looks us in the eyes and says, we're gonna gonna change everything because I've been with you and we need those moments. The challenge with with remembering that is that most of the time when I drift into doing things the world's way, it's because days just feel too normal. You wake up and you do the day the best you can. The best you can, but you just do the day. And when when I forget that I'm chosen, selected, that the Father has put his hands on me and looked me in the eyes. That's when I feel like I need to earn something, when I need to produce, when I need to advocate for myself rather than let the Father reach out and say, you're mine. And it's not just that, that he chooses us. Jesus also, when he gets his hands on somebody, he blesses them. It's dangerous to, uh, to dig into Greek because I only had one semester of it 15 years ago, and I'm standing in a seminary, but we're going to try a little bit. Um, the word all three times is eulogio. You, good, logia, word. He speaks a good word when he gets somebody in his hands. He speaks a good word. We remember this with Jesus right after he's chosen the, the Lamb of God take away the sins of the world. He has a good word spoken over him. This is my son whom I love. You bring me joy. Right? And in case you haven't noticed, the world is missing people that know how to speak a good word over one another. That know how to get someone in their hands and bless them. Uh, this, this pattern... Choosing, taking, blessing, breaking, giving as a gift, all of that is to be done in the context of community. Because it's hard to speak a good word over myself when I need it. But someone who can represent the Father for me, full of the Holy Spirit, that they can put their hands on me and speak a good word over me. Those are the moments that I can remember that I can do God's work God's way. That I already have my identity received from the Father spoken over me by, by the power of the Spirit. This is my son. I love you. You bring me joy. Sometimes I need that from the people around me, because um, some days it feels like I am anything but, not so much in the dumps, but just forgot. Just forgot. So who do you have that you need to get your hands on and you Logia all over them? Who do you have in your life that they need a good word, a blessing spoken to them? You know, it's easy, the world's way, right, is to sit outside and and lob criticism. Armchair quarterback, that decision's wrong. You don't understand what you're talking about. Why did you do that? This whole thing, you know, just pick it apart. Jesus, when he gets his hands on somebody, he speaks blessing. He speaks blessing. Then there's the tough one. When Jesus gets bread in his hands and blesses it, then he twists his hands until it breaks. In the summer of 2006, I was um, interning at a church in Jacksonville, Florida. And um, the wheels came off my life because people found out about my sin. And the girl that I wanted to marry didn't wanna be with me anymore. I lost friends. I lost my internship. Most of all, maybe, I lost my own righteous perception of myself, and God was good enough to hold up my sin in front of me and say, no, this is you, and uh, I emailed Steve Siemens in the car and said, can I come back to Wilmore and heal? And he emailed back and said, I think this is a good place to do that. And um, for the next year or so, he made space for me in his office. We'd meet in the mornings and he'd pray with me. He'd ask me questions. He'd listen to me. He walked me through healing, meeting with Jesus, spent time with a good counselor, And that year was awful. And I think it's the best gift that God has given me while I was here. That when I was called here, whatever that experience was in that prayer chapel, I thought it was to come and just receive blessing. God called me here to break me in a place that he knew could heal me. And now I am thankful for the thing that I wished had not happened. When Jesus gets something in his hands, he blesses it, and then he twists his hands until it breaks. J.D. was constantly saying, who was in charge of the chapel then, he was constantly talking about Philippians 3, 10, and 11. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship, the koinonia, the intimate community of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, so somehow to attain to the resurrection of the dead. I heard that so many times from that guy, it became white noise until it felt like death, and then that scripture came alive and you hold on to it. There's resurrection on the other side of this, right? Because when your life is getting torn apart, especially when it's you who did it to yourself, it doesn't feel like there's another side. I, that's one of the things I appreciate um, about some people I had in my life. Um, now, I know some people did not have that experience here. I have one friend that said he came to Asbury and his heart was strangely hardened. That's too bad, and that's on him. No one hardens your heart for you. My experience was, I mean, there's, you know, this is not a perfect place, of course. There's people that are trying and mess up and all of that. But I had people around me that when I didn't think it was gonna get better, they, they, they could absorb that a little bit they could hold it for me and help me carry it. And then in the hands of Jesus, something amazing happens. He gives you as a gift to the world. After the breaking, when Jesus gives a gift, he gives a broken one, right? When Jesus gives a gift, he gives a broken one. He doesn't have other gifts. There's no no gifts without breaking but then he gives you as a gift to the world. And guess what? It's not over. You gotta go through like the whole cycle again, you know? It, it's not like, well, check the box. I did that, did that trip once. You know, Jesus turns out is into like process and refinement and sanctification, which sounds awesome until it's you. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Gosh. But when Jesus gets you in his hands, it's because he wants to give you as a gift to the world. And the world, listen, the world's way, the world's way is to present perfect people who have overcome adversity because they are awesome. And the church is obviously not immune to that. Not not just the structure of the church, but the people of the church. We, this, these are the stories that we, that we tell each other in, in our families and in our, our communities. And, and I, I know why, They're, they sound like great stories. That's the story we want for ourselves. The story no one wants for themselves really is being taken, selected, not because you did something, but because God is holy love who can't keep it to himself. That he blesses you, not because of what you've done, but because of who he is. And he sees himself in you. And then the the one no one's signing up for, he breaks us. He breaks us. It was God's will to crush him. To put on him the iniquity of us all. But on the other side of that is resurrection and gift and life and beauty, and all the stuff we actually want, right? So I guess what I would, I would just call you to is to be that for each other, to be people who can both receive and give, participate in this work of the Spirit, this, like, choosing people, taking them, holding them, Blessing them. Being there when life falls apart. That's not when you drop the bread. That's when you hold it tight. And then being a part of giving it as a gift to the world. I think that's the life of discipleship. as I can figure it out. I want to be in the hands of a God who does that. Let's pray. Holy are you. And blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor. Recovery of sight to the blind. Deliverance to the captives. To set at liberty those who were oppressed. And to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. You healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of your suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Jesus, you were taken, you were blessed, you were broken, and you were given. Lord, come do that in us and help us to be that for one another. It is in your holy name that we pray. Amen.